Kevin Herter. This is Melo Trimble. This is Lonnie Bass. This is Scott Van Pelt. This is Stephon Day. This is Chris Knocky. This is Johnny Holiday. This is Walt Williams. This is Mark Turgeon. This is Gary Williams, and you're listening to INS Radio. It's Tonga by Loa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Buck in front of him and a touchdown. He's got 18 points. Four seconds. It would have been good from 65 out. He nailed that football. It was Brad Craddock with the game winner. A 43-yard field goal with 51 seconds to go. And Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. That assist gives him a triple-double for Vasquez, the first in 22 years. To the corner, Vasquez, yes! Welcome to 2021, fellas, our first show in the new year. We didn't do one last week, had a little break, so this is officially our first show of 2021. How's the new year treating you guys so far? Uh, I'm very glad that exactly nothing important or interesting has happened since the last time we had a show. (laughs) It's been completely boring nothingness. Everything has gone to plan. Um, All is well. A long time ago, we made a pact that we'd never get into politics. So that part of what you're talking about, we're not going to get into, right? It did happen, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not just like, you know, oh, just a little, you know, light treason on the side. I don't know. <laughs> one, one time, very early on, I was doing a, uh, I don't remember, one of the games at the end, and it was had something to do with Donald Trump, and I gave it to Ahmed, and Ahmed got so angry and like really like audibly you could hear how how much it upset him and i was like i'm never doing that again yeah you never quite know where everybody's at on those things and then you throw it to them and you're live and you know whatever happens happens yeah and it was it was just like uh I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I actually the, the funny thing about it is I actually don't know what is least likely um, a insurrection at the U.S. Capitol or Mark Turgeon winning two road games against top 15 teams <laughs> in a two week period. So we were like, texting, I, I actually don't even understand what is more rare than that. We're texting during a game. And it's like the only games they win this year are road games against top 15 teams. It's really yeah. weird. It's like they. They're they're good with their backs against the wall. Whenever they're just like crazy desperate and the season looks like it's going to be over, that's when they scramble and sc- scrape and fight their way to it. Wisconsin's not as good as we thought they were when they won that game. Clearly, you know, they're just, you know, everybody fell in love with obviously the record, but also how experienced they are. And, and their grit. Yeah. They're grit. They're so well coached. They never fouled, Jeff. Yeah, but they're, they're gym rats. Laden. Right. 
Uh, yeah, the senior laden thing is key, so they're good, but you got to have some athletes, and they don't. But that was still a good win, but they're just not as – they were number six at the time. They're not the sixth best team. Michigan boat raced them. I mean, Michigan literally had a 34-3 to run. I mean, Michigan's the best team in the conference, right? There's By far, I think. it's Well, maybe it not by be. far. Iowa, you know, and Illinois are they're probably – better than Iowa. Yeah, I mean, they are better. Uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan's – Clearly, the best team. They re- they looked Dude. really good against Maryland. They killed Maryland. People thought, oh, you know what? But they're as good as they looked in that game. I mean, they are stacked. Dude, Michigan might be the best team in the country right now. Ah, uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga. Is I know Gonzaga, but I'm watching these games, dude. Michigan is just smoking teams. The the uh, the Wagner kid. Have you? I mean. His court awareness is insane. He's, he's, like, he's, a, he's a first round, maybe a lotto pick. Two and three steps ahead of everybody else in the court. Where is he? He's like doing stuff like, what is going on here? Yeah, he's better than his brother. And I was about to good. say that. He is, he's better than his brother. Dickinson's obviously better than he, anybody realized. Uh, that guard, they got the two transfers are really good. Mike Smith and, Sha- and Shondi Brown, who Maryland had recruited a little bit both times. Livers, I mean, they are stacked. They're, yeah, really, they're going to lose most of those guys after this year, but it seems like Juwan Howard might be breaking that whole, you know, rule where these college stars come back to co- coaching college with no experience and end up sucking like Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen and others. He seems like he's breaking that mold. What's really rare across all sports for an elite athlete to then also be a great coach, it's two completely different skill sets. Like, I yeah. Mean, it, well, it, and the thing is, so much, so much also goes into being a college head co- head coach, right? Like these guys, you see a lot more success stories on the NBA bench, but when you get into, you know, go back to college, you have to recruit, you have to run, you know, you have to basically live these guys' lives with them, and make sure they don't screw up all while dealing with administrators and a, you know, compliance and all these other things. It's a academics. tough job. Yeah, academics. Like it, it's a tough job for anybody. It's really tough for a guy who like was just playing in the NBA for 15 years. I mean, it's not just coaching basketball. Yeah, I feel like NBA is a bit of an outlier because basically if you get like an elite player or and if you get two, who cares who the coach is? It's like Yeah, it's a players league. College yeah, is a coach like, more the coaches deal. But most other sports especially like football, I think really needs a good coach. Uh and, and baseball to a degree, I don't know as much about hockey, but this, the elite players don't go and do that. It's rare. It's always like the backup catcher or like, you know, the third string point guard who comes in and is a good head coach in college basketball. It's the guys who aren't elite, but they're sitting there analyzing the game the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, it is. There's not too many, like, you don't see in the NFL too many star, former star players as coaches. No. Yeah. But, yeah, he's got it going. They, I mean, they look good. Illinois, I don't know. I can never decide who I think is better between Illinois and Iowa. I kind of go back and forth. But then at the end of the day, you just have to kind of assume that Iowa's defense is going to collapse. Although it didn't against Maryland. I remember I tweeted, like, how bad their defense always is under Fran Maryland was up like 16 six 
And right after that tweet, Iowa went on that, what was it, 20 to nothing run? Yeah, it was a patented run by the team playing against Mark Turton's offense. It was worse than that when you do the whole half. I know Maryland scores 35 to 6 or something like that. Yeah, that was terrible. But they keep bouncing back with these, like, he, I got to give it to Turgeon, man. He deserves his share of criticism, but he owns Brad Underwood. <laughs> Brad oh, Underwood boy. did not beat him. I mean, he, well, he, wasn't it seven. a bunch of years ago, Illinois is one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, and Maryland played him in New York? Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only time he beat him. Yeah. That's the only oh, really? Underwood's ever beat Turgeon. Yeah, because he had the game at Illinois when I think – I can't remember who was ranked, but Bruno had the last second – put back i can't remember if that was the same one where cowan went off for like 30 and they won in overtime might have been the same one and then you had the one where cowan hit the dagger at xfinity from like 30 feet illinois so just they were started missing three pointers like air balls like what happened yeah they completely fell apart in the second well, half you got to feed it was it was coaching negligence yep maryland had nobody to stop coburn and they, they stopped giving it to him. I think he took like one shot in the last 10 minutes. He was killing Maryland. At and what just, point? He guard shoot it every time. It was unbelievable. At what point do you think his family decided to change the pronunciation of their last name? <laughs> I, I would have <laughs> just changed that. Uh, yeah, I've thought about that too. And I still, honestly, I still say Cockburn in my head when I read it. <laughs> Look, it's, 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 it's just the way it. it's pronounced, man. Yeah, it's I just, it's phonetic. It. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I'm not like a radio or TV guy. Yeah, uh, but it's like yeah, Tonga Vailoa. Right. There's no N in t- or Jarius Hamilton. It's Jairus or <laughs> not Jarius. It's Jairus. Yeah, I think yeah. they had a typo. Uh, <laughs> they made a typo the birth certificate at the hospital. Jairus, J A R I U S. Okay, great. And then the yeah, because I can't. Oh, I spelled his name wrong for literally like the first. That's six hilarious. Months. I, I didn't even realize it. Like I'd read it so many times, but my brain just auto-corrected. Well, and like uh, the, that's the thing, though. When you're when you're doing this stuff, if you say it wrong once, you say it wrong forever. I mean, it's yeah. just not a. It's just like a brain click. You just can't get past it. I've seen a few of those name kind of names lately. One was uh, there was some kid D I K E was his last name, but they were saying D K. Oh, Daryl D K, the guy from Orlando <laughs> City. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, who else? I don't know. I've seen a few awkward ones. Of course, Daryl DK is Daryl DK is like six three two twenty. So, like, if you want to say his name wrong to his face, I would right. say, uh, well, not doing that. Kofi Coburn is a lot bigger than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder when they did change. Probably this generation. I don't know how. I wonder how far going back that was like a thing. You know that particular word. Of course, then, you know nothing bothers me because I I used to work for a guy named Dick Sweat. So I knew it was coming. I was just gonna I was gonna set you up for that. It just ball. doesn't even. It just doesn't even. You know, it's it's like it. it's like you know how you're really bothered by poop and throw up until you have a kid, and then now you're just like you know you just like gently wipe it off your arm with a napkin and go back to whatever you're doing. Like yeah, yeah. Like, like you've been exposed, it's over. Like a yeah, he was a. He was a representative from the uh, good old second district of New Hampshire, I believe. Yeah. And uh, have we ever determined what's worse between him and Dick Shiner? Like which one you'd least rather be? I just don't understand why you just don't stick with Richard. I mean, that's Rick or fuck it. Just be Bob. Yeah. Just don't even acknowledge what your name was or go with your middle name. Yeah. Like you do like, like the, you know, R 
Bob Shiner. I don't know. Uh, if you're going to name your kids that, his, his middle name was probably like Knob or something. So he just had no choice. <laughs> but nobody does it anymore. That's a Dick, well, Dick Knob Shiner. Yeah, that's <laughs> Nobody's Dick anymore. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. like it's definitely like an old like you know '60s guy kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's retired. Like my kid has never been like, you know, I hope Dick is on my basketball team this year. Like that's yeah. no, that's totally retired. He had my my son while we're way we're way off in the yeah, weeds. As a friend named Ray, I'm like, he can't be Ray. They don't make kid Rays anymore. Ray is like some 30 year old with tattoos. He's been <laughs> in and out of prison. You know, like there's not like. 12 year olds named ray so that one threw me off but dick is even more retired i mean i just immediately thought of ray lewis when you said that so but he's old you know like kids yeah they don't even have jeffs anymore to be honest like i don't my son told me he doesn't have he doesn't know a single jeff that was like one of the most popular names when we were young yeah i mean well you got to remember our age here i mean you're like oh ray lewis well you know ray lewis is like 50 and a grandfather now so (laughs) it's not quite uh yeah, not quite. Uh, you know, the way it, the way it sounds in our head, like it's current. Yeah, and he sent his son to Maryland to bring it back to Maryland. He didn't play much. No, he left. Yeah, he, he transferred again. Where I don't even remember where he ended up going after Maryland. It wasn't somewhere you'd recognize, I imagine. Nah, you know, best of luck and whatnot. Now they have Tomlin's kid. It's not bad to get big name kids on the school, bring a little attention to the school, you know. No, they've got a lot. They've got a ridiculous amount of NFL ties now between him and Tungavailoa. Oh yeah, and uh, who's the others? Who are the others? There are like two other guys, either coaches or players with NFL ties. And now I'm, oh, um, Jacobs, Isaiah Jacobs is Josh Jacobs' brother, right. obviously. Mm, yeah. Well. Hopefully, it's not a Dan and Rob Kronkowski type of talent relationship as as the Jacobs brothers. Well, I mean, if Dan Dan was a fine player towards the senior year. Just I feel like we were. I just were can't believe Kronk. that we were like Rob's Rob Gronkowski at Maryland. Like we were that was stolen from us. Yes, like that would have. Not even the player. I'm talking like he would have been here at the same time as Mutati and Corey jackson and um and that whole bunch that uh what's his name the basketball player uh the uh come oh, on the white ma- guy pizza yeah the mayor one of the mayors grinning, grinning? not grinning the the guy actually played a senior year um uh, I know dave, neal. Talking about I dave neal dave, dave neal. neal yes yeah, yeah he would have been here at the same time as that whole bunch the stories would have been legendary I mean, I already got a bunch of great ones about about Neil and some of that whole group, but uh, that's for another time. Another famous athlete kid that went to Maryland, DJ Strawberry. Yeah, I saw something yesterday actually about his dad. He's apparently turned his life around and found religion or whatever. So it seems like he's hasn't he done um, that a few times though? No, I seen this one. Seems like it's stuck. I think Dwight Gooden's the one who's been way worse, way worse off. Yeah. He just hasn't been able to shake it. Yeah. You got to find Jesus at some point if you want to make the comeback. That's like step one from from an old communications bro. Where would DJ Strawberry fit on this year's basketball team? He would be yet another one of the same 
exact kind of players they have, right? He'd be he'd Pretty I mean much. he played some point towards the end and wasn't terrible, but I mean, it's just another one of just another one of those guys who would be a great second or third player on a good team, but you know, this is a team that needs a lead dog and just doesn't have one who's good enough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When you talk about the way this basketball team plays, I can, you know, you you can you can make the argument like, "Oh, I can't understand why they they lose on the road to Indiana, completely winnable game." You know, the way that they played hard against Iowa and then completely fell apart. And then they go and they beat Illinois on the road. Like, I can explain it to you. It's because they need everything to work for them to be successful. And there are going to be times when everything works and everybody's doing their job and everybody's playing well. And what do you know? They're good enough to beat anybody. But the problem is they're also bad enough to lose to anybody because they don't have any depth. Yeah, and they just, you know, they don't have the components that you need in college basketball that you can count on every night, the two big ones being a point guard or a scorer who can get to the bucket and get to the foul line or a dominant big man who can get, you know, get 12 shots a game, you know, score eight to 10 of them and, and get you on the line too. So Ayala can score. He's a good scorer, but he's not a distributor. Yeah. I wrote this the other day. I was surprised to see it. He's, he's playing like 31 minutes a game, 32, which is a good number of minutes. And he's not in the top 25 in the Big Ten in assists. The only player they have in there is Wiggins, who's passing. Actually, I, I would I, I would put him at point guard, to be honest. Like, yeah. His passing, he looks – not only is he a better – not only does he have better vision, but he's a more willing passer almost to a fault at times. I, I actually – Jeff, I wanted to bring that up with you. I mean, I one of the things that was eye-opening to me, especially in the second half against Illinois, was having Hakeem Hart at the point guard, and I thought he played – admirably there especially for a guy who's not known for having a tight handle and is like six seven but I I thought he ran the offense pretty well yeah I mean he's definitely to me he's got more of a point guard mentality point guard game than just about anybody else on the team you know he's more of a distributor and has he's got a good handle I mean he's he's a little quick with the trigger on the jumpers uh, you know, he takes some wild shots, but yeah, I mean, Turgeon actually said that after the game, after the Illinois game, when obviously Ayala was out and, and like you said, Hart had to play the point that they had, he had started moving Ayala off the point a little more and letting Hart play it a little more. So it seems like he seems to me, he's coming to that conclusion also. So I won't be surprised even when Ayala comes back healthy, which I assume will be in that barn burner on Friday, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, I, did I, research. Know, I wouldn't be surprised. If I, <laughs> the, no relation to David Wingate, right? From the, the old Georgetown star, Wingate no, College. Wingate I, University. I got some Wingate info for you guys. All right. Oh, you got a, you got a statistical breakdown? Yes, I doing, am. Doing some scouting? Yeah, I got some. I, are you ready That's for this a, since you brought it up? I mean, we're here. We might as well just. Okay. <laughs> Friday night, Maryland will be playing Wingate University. No, Friday at noon. Friday at noon. Friday, Friday noon, yes. Yeah, sorry. Even more, yeah. Just to Division add to the, 2 school. They're called the Bulldogs. They are blue and gold. They are located in Wingate, North Carolina. They play in the South Atlantic Conference. Their head coach is named Brian Good. They, over the last five years, have finished in the top third of that conference, so pretty good until last year they had a little drop-off finish ninth. This year they are 5-3. and three. 
The school was founded in 1896. 3,700 students, 2,700 undergrad. So and like tiny. like half the half the school plays on the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. The basketball team is led by a couple of junior guards, Jaron Cottingham. I said that Brit like a Brit, didn't I? Jaron it's probably <laughs> probably Jaron Cottingham. Not like Tottenham. It's probably Jaron Jaron Cottingham, I bet you is how it's pronounced. He scores twenty point one points per game. Francis C. Another junior guard scores 16.9 points per game. Here's the interesting thing. They, of their eight players that play regularly, three of them are taller than 6'2". Only one of the starters is taller than 6'2". They're... Can you say show, show Mario coming out party? They're like <laughs> 40 and 10. They have four players that are guards that average more than 20 minutes a game and a forward who averages almost 30. He's the one that's 6'5", and I guess plays in the center, and he's 6'5". So, yeah, that'll be pretty interesting to see if Maryland can use their height advantage over these guys. Who are their most famous players in the NBA? I did not get that, and they probably don't have I'm joking. They don't have any players in the NBA. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So as Paul says, has said in the past, we have learned you. Yes. About we have, Wingate. We have learned you, Wingate. We have learned. Do you have a Wingate, Wingate non-revenue sports update? No, but I do have some Maryland non-revenue update. Do you have rap lyrics? No. Paul. Oh, my God. I think I, have, I might have Alzheimer's. I really might. I, I forgot that. One job. One job. I just get I get so bogged down in the stories on a daily basis. Oh yeah. Oh man, today's it's po- been <laughs> today's podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, today's podcast day. I don't have a guest yet. Uh, <laughs> next didn't, week. Didn't Matt we'll help you? We'll rap lyrics. Matt used to yeah. help you with the rap lyrics. Why don't you write to him and say, Matt? No, I can get him. Okay. Okay. Uh, next week, if I don't have the rap lyrics, then something. You guys can do something. Then I don't know something. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Larry on an appropriate punishment there because he's, okay. he's more creative than I am. Uh, the non-revenue update, by the way, there's two small things. The women are up to number nine in the country, and I saw ads that the baseball team's about ready to start playing. So there are some other non-revs about ready to suit up. I don't. Is lacrosse playing? How many spring sports are playing? All of them? I don't even know. Yeah, I think all of them. All of them? Okay. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think anything else has been canceled or uh, postponed. So, they're, yeah, and they got back uh, Jared Bernhardt, their All-American, who was supposed to go play. We've had a couple stories by our, our guy, Wheels, who's excellent on the lax beat. Uh, he actually had the story first. Bernhardt is, was an All-American who went to wanted to go play football for his final year of, of college at, uh, what was the school? FCS school in Michigan, I think. And then season got canceled. So he came back. So now they're a national championship contender again. Excellent. Well, so that's, that's see them, what I know about lacrosse. It'd be good to see them lose in the final four Memorial day weekend. That's not <laughs> nice. Larry. Yeah. They I mean, won it once. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they, they yeah. That was about four years ago. Something like that. Three or four years. No, ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Three years ago, maybe. 
Uh, I don't know that that was I look you know I I crap on non revs all the time but lacrosse is different like they they deserve to get one of those I mean that was becoming quite a quite a thing every year yeah I'm gonna it was like, gonna, it was like Gary Gary with the Sweet Sixteen before he finally broke yes through. yes which is ancient history to anybody under like forty but listen they made <laughs> yeah. the tournament like eleven years in a row imagine that now he was the machine and won games most of the years. Yeah, and usually one. The the one and dones were very rare. And even the sweet sixteen losses people would get pissed at. Yeah. At clo- like close sweet socks I can't speak sweet socks sweet sixteen. Yeah. Close sweet sixteen losses to like really good final four caliber teams and people would get pissed. They'd probably take that now on a yearly basis. Yeah, I think I think it was the UCLA's and the St. John's ones that really got <sighs> Up. I mean, that was yeah. Those were the two worst. There was some. Those blood. two were I mean, so painful. Just blood on the court, man. <laughs> St. John's killed me, and I can say this because I was just a fan at the time and not writing about the team. But that killed me because, you know, I had grown up with Steve Francis. I had watched all of his, watched him get to Maryland, and I was bragged to all my friends about this guy. And he, and they were like, yeah, whatever. And then he had this amazing year, and I'm thinking they're going to go to this Final Four, and then that was, and it was just such an anti climactic loss like there was just never a moment where you thought that they were going to win it and he just got he got completely shut down they just got physically just dominated in a way like it felt like the west virginia game uh the mellow year where just they had no shot i mean that game was over. the the west virginia game was closer than either of those other two games oh it was definitely closer by score but it didn't didn't feel that way yeah, people like to say, "Oh, well, once he got knocked, he got knocked out. That's why they let no. I was at that game. Maybe even if he had stayed in the game, they were not winning." I think it would have been closer because he—you're talking about Melo getting knocked out of the game. Yeah, they, with the concussion. Also, I guess a team that pressed like that—you need your ball handlers. That's a pretty big deal. You do. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a realistically, you know, six. It, it could have been a fairly close game. I just don't yeah. think they're. But that West Virginia team was pretty good, even though they got boat raced by Kentucky in the next round after the one kid said oh my god the worst miles did remember he said uh that they were going to beat Kentucky and then yeah. they lost by 40 more than that right it's like 40 at halftime it, yeah it was it was not not very much unlike uh one Gravis Vasquez uh talking smack about Memphis and then us just getting waxed the next the next round yeah, he did talk a lot. Jeff, you are the number one fanboy of Steve Francis. You do have that title. I am. I mean, there are worse things. I wouldn't say number one fanboy, but when you, you know, we I, I, we weren't like best friends, but we went to school together. He was shorter than me when we got to high school, which you know is a mouthful because I was like five four. But you you heard about him being this like playground playground legend, and then. Each year he couldn't play. Like one year he broke his ankle. One year his mom died, and then finally, like our senior year, the dude just showed up and he was like six three all of a sudden and just doing like NBA Jam style dunks. Um, the kids so don't know what he, NBA Jam is. Okay, well, yeah, two K style. Yeah, yeah. As, as my son, right? that was like twenty some years ago. It's a video game, right, Paul? Fucking kill me, man. Uh, they, uh, so I was at a Maryland football game and I just happened to see him sitting there and it turned out it was his visit. So I went and sat with him and told him, you know, I, kinda, I basically I sealed the deal for Maryland because he was talking about Kentucky and Clemson. So basically you guys all owe me 
that one year yeah, is what that, I'm trying to say. That's that sounds uh that sounds rather uncompliant. Yeah. Little that, little, little little TTK action there. That was exactly. the year that Maryland played they were top five in the country and Duke was number one and came into what was it? Uh Cole Fieldhouse at the time. Yeah. And Duke won. That was the one time when I almost got in a fight with the Dukey behind me and I said, Shut the H up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the H up! <laughs> getting swole. Hey, you can't even, you can't even get the H out. That was not exactly what I said, but I told that story very early on in the show. It was unclear at the time how how much curse words we could use and all that kind of stuff. So I was trying to censor myself. And so it, you know. Anyway, it's funny. Uh, that game, I think I was maybe eighteen or nineteen at that time, and. I wanted to go to that. I thought I had tickets and then it fell through. And then like three of my friends were all sneaking in because they knew a guy who was like in the dining services. So he was like hooking them all up with uniforms. Nice. And I chickened out at the last minute and then they lost. So I was like, whatever. There are projections that I consolidated team rankings is Maryland 46th right now. Projects them to go 14 and 12, nine and 11. Torvik has them going has them fifty second, has them thirteen and thirteen, eight and twelve. Ken Palm has removed the Nebraska game. He has them forty fourth and has them going thirteen and twelve, eight and eleven. And one cool thing, give Bart Torvik some some promo here. You guys should go check this out on his site, BartTorvik.com. He's got a page where he does tourney projections, and that's really cool to look at the stats. Right now, he says Maryland has a 23% chance to make the tournament. I'm surprised it's that low just based on uh, those projected Big Ten records. If they win eight or nine games this year with the two wins they already have, the value, the quality of those wins. I mean, clearly right now they don't seem like a tournament team, but if I would think eight or nine would have gotten you in this year. I certainly, I certainly think nine gets you squarely on the bubble, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got. I mean, because if you if you get if you look at the schedule right now, just if you're getting to nine from where they currently are, you're going to have some more big wins to add on to the ones you already got. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, if you get a not that it, this is likely, but if you get a Michigan or uh, do they play? I'm trying to remember if they play Iowa or Illinois again. I should know that, but I don't remember. But if you get one, even one more of those top five teams in the Big Ten, like that's going to be hard for people to compete with in terms of. It also kind of depends on the committee because some years, I remember one year Georgia made it and they were something like sixteen and fifteen, but they had a top five schedule, and everyone was so pissed because some mid major that was thirty and three didn't get it selected and. Yeah, so they don't have Illinois they, or Iowa again. But they do have, obviously, Michigan next week. Wisconsin at home to Ohio State. Minnesota's Minnesota's good. Um, Michigan State, I don't know what their record is now. They're not themselves. They're still trying to set me up. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think Maryland gets them towards the end. So, like you know, whatever their final form is, they'll get them then. Yeah. And Northwestern, Northwestern, they have. Uh, once or twice, just once. So I feel like they'll come down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if he were to, well, a lot of people might be disappointed if they went to the tournament this year. For being honest, I see a lot of people rooting against them. But uh, if he were to go to the tournament, it'd be hard to knock that coaching job 
you know, on the, it's a double-edged sword because on the other hand, the reason it would be such a good coaching job is because he built this lackluster roster. So it's Sounds kind familiar. of a chicken and egg thing. But, yeah, getting the tournament with this roster would be something anyways. Yeah, no, it would be an impressive feat. I, I don't think that's even up for debate at this point. It's just it's always the roster construction, right? Every time every time you you look down the bench and you see these extra scholarships not being used or you see them being used by guys who are never going to play a consequential minute of basketball at Maryland or you see these giant positional holes it's just like hey well, what are we doing here right it's been this year more so than others because other years you might have had a guy here and there who left before you thought they would like right. Justin Jackson or whoever else but um, I mean, most of those guys, you knew they were leaving, but either way this year, you knew Callen, Callen, I guess, obviously he just thought Ayala was the guy, uh, long-term, which, you know, he's putting up good numbers, but you still need another point guard. Uh, Quan Smart is, you know, who knows? Uh, he's exactly then, what he was you know, supposed to be. Uh, yeah, it's right, a 300 right level guy. Yeah. You can't write him off perf- uh, permanently. He's got some redeeming qualities, but, you know, there's no telling that he's going to be, like you said, anything above what he was ranked. And then the even more so the lack of a center. And Galen Smith has been like, he's respectable. He's just not good enough to be your number one guy. If he's your backup center or your number three big man, you know, he's good enough to play at this level. He's just not good enough to be the guy holding it down for you at this level. But he battled, you know, he battled hard against Coburn, and he definitely did. But, I mean, but he's still overwhelmed. I mean, look at the num- the numbers are unbelievable. Those those last is it four or five games? Last um, four games against Dickinson, Trace Jackson from Indiana, and then Garza, and then Coburn. They've averaged like twenty five points on like seventy percent shooting. Yeah, it's not not bueno. He could be your Ryan Randall backup center on a national championship team. Yes, if he's if he's your fourth best big man, you're probably in good shape. But when he's your starter, the one they missed on, they need a Lonnie Bruner kid. The Bruner kid at Alabama, they thought, and I at at one point they had a decent chance, but they were never the leader. He's good, and then this kid Colin Castleton who went from who people didn't really pay any attention to, but went from Michigan to Florida, and they just about had him wrapped up. Because of DeAndre Haynes had coached him in Michigan, he's looked pretty good at Florida. If, if they had got one of those guys or Carly Jones from Louisville, there's several guys they, they would have had Booth Gotch from Minnesota if the waiver thing hadn't passed, which, you know, in retrospect, he would have gotten a waiver anyways because everybody did, but they couldn't talk him into yeah. that. And um, and then who is the other one? I saw another one of their – I can't remember. It seems like every time I, I turn on a game, there's some kid that they transfer that they barely missed on that could have helped them a lot. So I guess that one kid who went to Duke hasn't gotten off the bench yet. No, nah, he made a terrible decision. That uh, was just some guys fall in love with the brand name too much. He's not playing at all. He could be yeah. starting at Maryland or Syracuse maybe. Um I just, so, yeah, I that, just, I just can't understand the recruit, recruiting strategy. I mean, you knew that you were getting two years of Bruno. You knew you were getting two years of Jalen Smith, and everybody knew that the Mitchell twins were a giant question mark. And then the second they roll out, which is now over a year ago, 
you're still sitting here with only Julian Reese. And look, I like Julian Reese, but he doesn't look like a guy who's going to walk in here and give you 30 minutes at the five, you know, yeah. I, I just, you know, I just can't figure out what, what's going on. Like it just, I doesn't... think all I can come up with is that they'd been pretty good at scrambling on the transfer market. And so you get used to that. Maybe take it for granted that you're going to yeah. be able to just dive in there and get somebody. And I think that's skunked. what it was. And then, yeah, you missed on, you know, the, uh, and then that other kid from VCU uh, who went to, uh, I saw him the other, I don't know. They all run together, but yeah, you, you just miss on basically everybody. And then you get Galen Smith and, you know, it's, and Mario, I mean, Mario to me has shown a few little things. It's just, yeah. Yeah. it's not like he's showing, it's not like he's busting out for like 15 and 10. And you're like, I see it now. You can see him buried way deep. You can see the gold buried way deep, or maybe fool's gold under the dirt. But he's had some moments. He's just so he's just not strong enough. Yeah, he'd be he a lot. Of, he'd be a lot of fun to watch play eight minutes a game, and you know, again, be the fourth big man in a matchup situation that works. But the question is whether this is who he is right now. This is it, or if one more year and he gets stronger, he'll be serviceable. Which obviously you wouldn't bet on that happening the question is whether it's still in the realm of possibility or he just moves on to a lower level and find somebody else for i think he will be by senior year i've been saying that i do i think he's going to be serviceable by his senior year a solid rotational player he just needs to get strong i mean he's obviously a step slow too but i mean he can really shoot people laugh when they you know it's not like just a freakish curiosity his shooting he has a good jumper but he, in the post, he just gets shoved around. It reminds me of um, Sticks a little bit. His first year when he was a lot weaker, he would get shoved out of there. And Tchaikovsky back in the day used to even – he was huge, but he would still get shoved around all the time. It's kind of like that. So, As much as the feeling around basketball is – what should we call it? Morose, discouraged around the fan base? Apathetic. Apathetic is a very good one, yes. That's probably the best word. The football team, the feeling is quite the opposite. A lot of excitement based on the way the team played this year, the recruiting class, Mike Loxley in general. And then three big coaching hires this past week. Dan Enos is the offensive coordinator, who's one of the guys when he first came in that everybody would really wanted along with the guy that went to Michigan, whose name's slipping my mind right now. Josh Gaddis. Gaddis, yeah, uh, which turns out to be a blessing for guys, maybe. Brian Braswell is now the offensive line coach. And Brian Williams. Now tell me this, Jeff. He was the defensive line coach, and now he's the co-offensive coordinator? Defensive. Yeah, I think article said in offense. Maybe, maybe I, I read yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a defensive line coach. Now he's a co-defensive coordinator. He was, I mean, he, he absolutely just torched it in recruiting this year. So I think that's pretty much just a way to bump him up, right. give him a raise, give him a promotion after what he's done. He's a number one. I've written it 20 times, but he's the number one recruiter in the Big Ten right now, which is pretty much unheard of to have a Maryland guy because the top 10 is just Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State. So to have a, have a Maryland guy in the top spot is yeah. unique. Well, his defensive line was quite improved too. I would, I would say, you know, I, I think across the board, yeah. he's been an excellent coach. 
and next year they're going to have some serious depth because those freshmen coming in, they're not going to be starter ready right away, but they could come in and spell the starters and by the end of the year contributing, right? You could have, for the first time, real depth at a lot of positions at Maryland. Yeah, don't lose basically anybody. I mean, it's – yeah. You know, pretty much the whole defense is back. So yeah, a couple of those guys be, were in the two deep in the portal, but they weren't like nailed down. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't think they. I don't think they begged any of those guys. I think the only. I think they would have liked to have Marcus Miner back. That one caught them off guard. Otherwise, I don't think there was anybody who they were trying to talk out of it. Um. So you bring out pretty much the whole defense back. I mean, I talked to somebody over there a few days ago. He felt like they might have, they'll have the best front seven, maybe or the most talented anyways, front seven in the big 10 outside of Ohio state and maybe one other team next year. And chance Campbell is definitely stay. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. one. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Come I'm on, not the man. one making the decision. I'm not the one making the decision. Wait and see. Nothing's Stay ever tuned perfect. To the site. Why do you do this to You're, us, dude? I'm the weatherman. I'm not. I don't. I'm not making the decision for him. I'm just delivering the the forecast. Whatever. So I, I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. We'll see. But even if he even if he were to leave, the linebacking room, the linebacker room is ridiculous. I mean, they are. They have. They have really more talent there than I think I've ever seen in the program. Yeah. Definitely. They had really good linebackers in that Frisian run, but those weren't like stud. You know, those are guys who overachieved, like uh, aside from EJ Henderson, obviously, like well, Leroy Ambush and whoever else. Those Leon, other guys. Leon Joes of the world. Like, yeah, exactly. Really good, but not quite NFL guys. Yeah. Aaron Henderson, you know. Um, but these guys are all like four star recruits and, and studs. So. At what point will it become official either way for a chance? Is there a, a... – No, nah, just whenever he decides. I mean, it's just uh, – I don't know that there's a deadline, so. Yeah. Love for him. To but even, you know, even behind him, you've got – you've now got, you know, Ruben Hippolyte, obviously. Now you've got Brandon Jennings. I think he'll probably move – I would guess he might move to Jack. Um, just because of his size, and then Terrence, Terrence Lewis, Lewis. Go take kid looked good last year. About Spragans, Spragans, I think could end up being one of the best players in their class. They think he's an NFL player. If you watch his video, it's pretty impressive. He's he's just knocking people out. He's a hitter. So this is uh, Sp- it's Sp- it's Spragans, not Spragans. Uh, good question. It might be Spragans. All right, because that's another one that's going to bother me. I think Spragans. That's my. Best. I'm just impressed that Larry figured out his middle name, or excuse me, his first name. He's not calling him like Garame. Graham. Graham. <laughs> what? How What's his say name, it? Larry? Graham. Now you tell me. I just <laughs> saying Graham. No, I'm pretty sure it's Jeremy. G e r e m e, right? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, I believe so. I would, I would say I'm going with Jeremy Spragans. Hang on. Yeah, I think gonna, that's it. I got to look at the spelling because maybe I just have not noticed the spelling before. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I def, I would. Yeah, I'm, I agree, Jeremy. Now that I'm looking at the spelling, I agree with you. I think that's probably what it is. Now I'm gonna have Pearl Jam stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the puns make themselves, don't they? Jeremy's calling. All right, so who's left? Saxby. We're going to have to overlay that over some. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl Jam next week, Paul. All right. The in the recruiting class is basically done. There's only room for how many, Jeff? Two-ish? Yep. And that is whether they're a transfer, either uh, from a college – yeah, I believe it's no matter what, no matter where, no matter where they're coming for from, they count against the twenty-five limit, so they have two left. Unless can they can they get creative with gray shirts and things like that? Can they go more than two or no? Mm, maybe I'm not sure. That stuff always gets confusing. Uh, I know, like Bam Booker, the younger brother of Tank Booker, the lineman, he's a gray shirt, so he'll come and get his. I guess he'll get a scholarship in the fall, I believe. Uh, so maybe, but it's looking like two, two to three more tops. Are we counting AJ Lighten or not in this? Uh... Yeah, that's what I. That was my question. I, I believe so. I believe so because he is expected to come in, but it's still up in the air whether it'll be um, summer or now. I think. Or he actually would have had to already enroll now. So whether it'll be spring or like summertime there's some sort of deal there but either way he's expected to get there which is a big deal talent wise i mean the kid was like the number 80 overall recruit in the country so all these players coming in highly ranked and a good season this year i know the record was two and three really could have been better if not for covid stuff what feels pretty good for next year right feeling like bowl game i feel like they are going to be about that level and maybe better? Yes, no? I th- the schedule's I think, really tough. The schedule's always tough. Uh, I mean... Yeah. But the big three are vulnerable next year. All three of them. I know Ohio State's Ohio State, even though they're losing their big-name guys and their quarterback. Not a, a good likelihood of beating them. But Michigan and Penn State are beatable next year for sure. Yes, absolutely. They're vulnerable. Um, you do add West Virginia into the non-conference, which is was not great this year. Um, but you do, you know, that's that's not exactly a gimme win. Whereas, frankly, I think in the nine-conference game era, they really should only be scheduling gimme wins for those those games. Mm-hmm. At this point, um, I certainly think that next year it's it's kind of bowl or bust. If you if you want to take that next step in the rebuild, that's probably what you would expect. Uh, I wouldn't expect more than much more than that. I think uh, there was a little bit of fool's gold this year. Um, I, I suspect I don't. I, you know, obviously we won't know until later on. But I I think not having the crowds and stadiums really affected the ability for road teams to go and win in other places in a way that it won't when the crowds come back, um, you know, so we won't be able to prove that negative until later, but I, I suspect that things will kind of round back into a much more normal shape next year. If, if fans are back, as opposed to this year when things were kind of crazy and teams were beating other teams that they really shouldn't have had any interest even being close to. So I'm curious how that works out, but I, I suspect things will fall back into 
their normal categories a little bit more than normal, but I do think Maryland has enough talent and a quarterback finally to really make some noise. You say that that's the exact same teams in the playoff again as every year. Well, I do, yeah, I, really think, I do think there's a point where the some teams are just so much better than the other teams that, that you can't do anything about it. But Which sucks. I really wish there would be a way. Yeah. I don't have anything against Alabama. I'm just tired of them. Like, we have USC, Michigan, Texas, and Florida one year or something. I mean, Maryland, but uh, four realistic other teams. You know what I mean? Like, does it have to be those four every year, the same group of five or six? It does. It definitely sucks a little bit, but there's nothing you can do about it. And you shouldn't even try. I mean, it's, if you build a program like that, where you can bring in that level of talent, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and okay, well, (laughs) there goes three playoff spots. Hope you're the fourth team. I don't know. Yeah. But for Maryland, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not trying to surpass Ohio state at this point. You're just says who Jeff. Well, that's a little bit down the road in the process, Larry. You know, you got. You did say at this point, which I think is fair. Yeah, you got. You want to try to get to where you're regularly beating Penn State and you're beating schools like Michigan State and yeah. even Indiana now because they've got it rolling, and which is just a killer to have. That's another killer for me. I mean, now Indiana's really good. It just makes the discrepancy between the the, the West and the East even more difficult. You know, in the West, you got Iowa or excuse me, Illinois, which they're finally playing Illinois again next year. So there's a bonus. But, uh, you know, Nebraska's struggling. Northwestern's solid. But there's a reason they're the Reese Davises and not the Buckeyes. And so that just makes it even harder now with Indiana and Rutgers is should get a little better with Keanu. One thing um, that's going to throw it all off next year, Wisconsin is watch them. <laughs> They redshirt everybody anyway, them in Iowa. Watch those guys, all those fifth-year seniors say, we're coming back again. And then you have six-year seniors playing against 18- and 19- and 20-year-olds. That could happen. Yeah. They're allowed. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's be who, or what, what schools are going to pay for the scholarships and how many? I think that's really what it comes down to. Uh, that two be, things, I think, for Maryland is, is – Talia going to be take the next step next year to where he's much more often resembling the really good version and than the bad version because there was no in between obviously. So is he going to take the next step? Which that's why I think hiring Dan Enos is huge. Uh, he's the quarterbacks coach obviously, and then the offensive line. You know you got to figure that out. There are some questions there. I think defense is like I said earlier stacked, but. That's it right there. Is is Talia going to become a star, you know, all-conference caliber guy, and is offensive line going to get better? If if those two things happen, then they've got a chance. And even if you only – even if you win five or six, that's still the correct next step in the process. Yep. I think they're set up to do more than that, though. I think it's possible. It's certainly the- possible. No, I, I agree it's possible. I wouldn't – if you're asking me to bet on a number – it's going to be more like a six than an eight. I, right now, I'm suspecting Vegas is going to put Maryland at like a four and a half or five win yeah. over I, under. I knew you were going to say four and a half. That's amazing. I had four and a half in my head. I'm going to go, I'm going to go bet over and I'm going to bet a lot because yeah. 
I think they are going to win some games next year, and they're going to lose some too. But when the offense is clicking and that defense is going to be good, they're, they're going to be able to beat, I think, everybody on the schedule at, at a reasonable percent amount of time except for Ohio State. Yeah, well, I think that would be an improvement, right? Just Just having the talent to compete – and some of these big programs being a little bit down, when you walk into these schedules, you typically see two to three games that are just completely unwinnable. If you reduce that to one, then just by operation of you know probabilities, you're probably got a better shot of of doing better. Yeah, it's not just Maryland. Well, knows, what, the, what are these other teams who doing? Who knows if uh, if Minnesota and Michigan are going to get their stuff together? You know, they were right. neither one of them. They both fell off hard this season, so if they're still not very good next year, you know you could easily win one of those one of those two. Uh, I don't know. I don't have too much respect for Minnesota's program. I think they had a fluky season, and I hate yeah the coach. I think his shtick is already getting old there, and I think his time there is going to run out real quick. I don't. I, yeah, when you're that much reduced, your time is always going to run out. Yeah, if they don't turn it around next year, that stuff's going to get really old really quick. Yeah, I guess saying respect for the program is a bad way to say that. I don't feel like they're going to be back to being a 10-win team again. No, that was a flash in the pan. That's that's not happening again. And I don't see Michigan State getting back to that anytime soon either. Indiana? Michigan Michigan State was one that smelled like a coach program, and then when the coach program yep. didn't work out anymore, now it's got nothing going for it. So yep. I don't expect to see much out of there. But, you know, they've they've done it before. They've gone from a Saban to a, you know, D'Antonio and, and pulled it off. So who knows? Maybe maybe Tucker's that guy. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I would take history aside, I would take Maryland's upside over theirs 10 times out of 10 right now. Yes. Yeah, but I'm I'm it's really tired of considering that they've been so much better. Yeah, you're tired of the upside. I'm tired of, of hear, hearing about Maryland's upside and how Maryland football is a sleeping giant and I haven't been to giant. I haven't been to a bowl game in like a decade. So I, I just And when you sorry. did go they lost. I think it, the last it, bowl win was like what, 10 years ago maybe? It was it was the Champ for, Sports. For no, no, no. No, it was the um, – Oh, it was, Free, it was Freedom's last year, Freedom's right? last bowl. Yeah, the RFK yeah, bowl. 2010? Yep. I think that was 2010, so yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, a decade ago. Okay. As I said at the start of the show tonight, this is our first year in the new year – first show in the new year. And so – I thought I would give you guys some people associated with the Maryland program and have you guys tell me what their New Year's resolutions should be, okay? <laughs> All right. So I got three for All you right. guys. We're going to start with Jeff. And each of these people is kind of comes from a different facet of Maryland athletics. So it's kind of good. All right. Okay. Maryland men's basketball player Aaron Wiggins. What should his New Year's resolution be? Oh, that one's easy. Be more aggressive, more assertive, more confident. When he, when he actually, you can see it just in the way he moves and the way he shoots the ball when he's feeling confident. And it usually goes in. And then some games you can tell it's just not there. So that's easy for him. He needs to become more assertive and more confident and become the guy, you know, and maybe make a few more threes because that like 28% or whatever, <laughs> whatever he's at is not cutting it. But 
Yeah, yeah just, just that would be it for him. Okay. Paul, football head coach Mike Loxley. About Mike Loxley, my New Year's revolu- resolution would be, you know, keep on keeping on. I mean, I, I feel like everything that they've done to this point has been on an upward trajectory. Um, they're doing a, a bit of a once over with the coaching staff. I found the the hire of Enos to be interesting in that it, it seemed like the play calling was not something that stood out to me last year or something that was really negative or needed to be a change. It certainly wasn't a change that I would have thought would have been at the top of my head uh, coming into the off season. Um, but the fact that he went and made a change with a guy that I know he's, you know, even if they had a falling out that they were, they were pretty, pretty hunky dory before um, it, it's an aggressive move. And I like the aggressive uh, attitude, um, you know, go get the guy you want. If that's, if that's the way you're going to play, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I feel pretty good about that. Obviously the recruiting is, is what we would expect and, you know, can't wait for spring ball. So Aaron Wiggins, be more aggressive. Mike Loxley, keep on with the status quo. Yep. Keep All on right. keeping on Jeff athletic director. Damon Evans. Hmm. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's that's kind of fucked up, Larry. Give that one to that Paul. Yeah. Well, I gave it to Jeff on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think they really need to oversee the overhaul the concessions at the game for next year. Video board, man. Finish the video board. Cheeseburger buns have been stale in recent years, according to sources. And, uh, you know, it's really strange. Sessions is Damon Evans' New Year's resolution. Yeah. I mean, it really seems shicey how the difference between a large and a small soda is like 30 cents and just baiting you into buying the larger one. Yeah. I feel, I feel feel like the, uh, I feel like the concession, uh, the concessions have been uh, kind of getting old, and you need some new blood. You need to exactly. take a new, new approach to concessions. Yep. I like it. For Damon Evans, his New Year's resolution is to improve the concessions at Maryland sporting events. Hey, Paul, why don't you just do quickly what the real New Year's resolution is? Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't need to say it. Our, our, <laughs> our listeners are smart. Okay. okay. All right, Paul. Terrapin Club Executive Director Cheryl Harrison. <laughs> that's that's also mean. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll do. I would order those dudes who came on last week to fire the here the turtle guys and install us instead. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's what I would do. Okay. Good. I like it. They're very good. So improve your media by. Um, upping your podcast game. That's right. Joe Harrison's her New Year's resolution. Okay, Jeff. University of Maryland President Daryl Pines. Huh. Daryl Pines. I don't know. That's just like that poor guy. Imagine pray. coming in. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Just hope that. Yeah. Pray that things stop completely falling apart. Uh, I can't imagine dealing with covid and everything related to that and then all the social and political unrest um so you know that's a i mean the biggest thing on uh, obviously i was joking about concessions but it comes down to figuring out basketball you know you gotta 
he's got to work with Damon Evans and they got to work with Turge and figure something out because one way or another, whether you're bringing him back or not, he needs either to have an extension or they have to part ways. That's not specific to him. That's just the nature of the business with two years on your contract. Nobody goes into another year. Nobody goes into that two year situation without an extension. So, you know, whether it's, I don't know how involved he'll be. I know he's more involved than Wallace Lowe, which isn't saying anything because he had to be, you know, a friend of mine had to explain to him what a first down was early in his tenure at Maryland. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, But they got to figure that out because it's kind of shit or get off the pot, you know, for lack of a more sophisticated term time for them with two years left on the deal. So, It'll be interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. I thought you were done. It'll be. That's why this season is uh, pretty interesting in terms of the tournament. Like it, at sometimes you feel like his future swings on each of those games, those losing streaks, and then those road games. Like those little things can uh, have oversized importance on what his future is going to be because you just can't head into next year with two years on the deal without doing something one way or another. Okay, so for Daryl Pines, the New Year's resolution is figure out basketball. Paul, last yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why I ducked it on Damon Evans. Maybe Daryl Pines just seemed more um, <laughs> indirect or something. But yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, and just survive all this chaos that's happening right now. Okay, Paul, last last one from this category. I got a whole other category of of goodies for you guys. So the last one in this category, the University of Maryland fan base uh their new year's resolution should be wear a mask get vaccinated and then hopefully by football season we'll all be back in the stadium having a good time okay so So subscribe to ims (laughs) university of maryland to whatever resolution is beat covid and get back to live games okay good here we go. The next one is true or false. I got a bunch of these for you guys. Jeff, Maryland still has at least one four or five star football transfer left coming in the twenty twenty one class. True or false? Uh, I'm gonna go false. Well, four stars possible because they're gonna take a quarterback. So when you get a guy like that, there's always a chance he was a four star and pan out or whatever at his previous stop. Um uh, I'll probably say false just because it's only going to be a couple guys, but that's not a hard false. It's possible. And it's not possible that one of the other rumored. rumored. Well, we'll have to see. There's there, there still might be some guys wanting to come home, but the numbers have gotten pretty tight, especially after they took uh, Marcus Fleming from Nebraska with one of their last few spots. So we'll see. Okay. Paul. And the thunder was kind of stolen from this one a little bit. But if Maryland basketball does manage to get to the projected win totals of 14 and 12 and 9 and 11 in conference with five wins over ranked teams and a top five strength of schedule, which is where they're headed, they will make the NCAA tournament. I think they probably do. Um, They certainly have a good argument, and it just depends what the – committee decides they want to 
focus on this year. And especially at this point, it would be nine and 10, not nine and 11. I mean, every little bit helps. True. And then you throw in whether they win a conference tournament. What if they don't win a conference tournament game? That'll make it harder. Um, I just, it just seems to me the big 10 is so above and beyond better than all these other conferences that puts them probably in the, I don't know, eight or nine range and finishing in the conference with enough big wins. It's, it, it might be enough. Okay. So you're saying might be, I, I would, yeah, you, I would, I would probably, I'd say probably nine wins and five over ranked teams probably doesn't. Paul, Paul changed the game to probably no, nine wins instead of two <laughs> probably, or, probably, or maybe. Yeah. All right. True. I'll uh, say, I'll say true. They, okay. they get some in. All right, Jeff, Mark Turgeon will be the head coach of the Maryland. Oh, Jesus. God, just beat him over the head with it, man. Maryland men's basketball team next season. Of the Maryland women's basketball team? Men's. Oh, I thought you said women's. I thought you were. That'd be an easy false. Letting me off the hook. I don't know, man. I'm not trying to cop out, but I need to see what happens the rest of the way this season because – Right now, just, I mean, yeah, you got to you got to default to true. If I have to answer, then yes, I would say true. I would say, if he's going to leave, it would more likely be after next season. So, gun to my head right now is true, but you know, we got to see how the season unfolds and and if he starts sniffing around and such. Okay, Paul, Mike Loxley will be successful enough at Maryland that they will eventually begin averaging over fifty thousand people per game again. And expand the stadium. No, false. I think I think we're we've reached a, a continuum or, or some sort of big change when it comes to the way that people uh, do outdoor activities. I, I think you already started to see this after after the economic dip uh, a number of years ago, and I, I just don't think you're going to have full stadiums packed to the rims except in only certain specific places i just don't see it happening at maryland or anywhere uh really other than the places where you know it's a it's a cultural thing so no i don't i think you can win a ton you're not packing bird to the point they're going to expand okay maryland stadium not bird. whatever okay jeff even though he's annoying you secretly enjoy terp vader's posts on the InsideMarylandSports.com message board because he generates activity wow. hits on your site. Uh, yeah, he does. I'm not even going to lie. He does, you know, anything that gets people glued to the site and interested. He's kind of a uh, – I don't even know. The guy <laughs> – 90% of the people listening – well, half the people listening probably have no idea what we're talking about. It's this guy who has, a, has an alias, Terp Vader who posts very vague teasers to big news coming. And occasionally it seems like he might be accurate, but we don't know because there's never any actual specifics, but people always love insiders and people love to be, feel like an insider. So, Hey, I'm not hating on the guy. Anything that generates those views I'm good with, but you know, he's, pretty freaking annoying at the same time. Paul loves him though. Paul's a big fan. Oh yeah. I'm a huge fan. Like imagine if I I just came Imagine if I just came on the show every week and was like, guys, something big is about to happen at Maryland. 
And then a week later, I figure out, you know, the commitment that happened or Keith Kavanaugh school of, uh, yeah, over promising and under delivering. Yeah. Just, you know, decide like, oh, well, that was the thing I was talking about. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. That's pretty much the shtick. I mean, I'm not going to deny. I'm sure he seems to know some people and be plugged in. So, hey, I'm not jealous i'm not going to be uh petty if somebody wants to bring information to the site that's just more value i'm not going to get tied up in my ego it is funny i'll post like this specific thing is likely to happen tomorrow and there'll be like you know a decent amount of uh responses and whatever else and then he'll be like the vader feels uh a what is it i don't even freaking the ripple remember. in Some the force <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> And there'll be like eight pages of people asking questions and like upvoting him. So whatever, you know. But that's why I said you secretly enjoy it. That's true. Yeah, I'm not going to say. Hey, man, I'm not going to. You know, this site did, uh, we did 7 million pages last month, which is a high number. So anything that builds that number, you know, within limits, I'm happy with. Okay. Respect the hustle. I, I like his posts because I am entertained by it. Okay, Paul, last one. IMS Radio is better than Hear the Turtle. Of course it is. Okay. Because <laughs> we can say fuck. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. They can't say fuck, that. Fuck, 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 fuck. How about that? Boom. You guys are ready. <laughs> they, they do a good show. I write up their interviews sometimes. They, they do a good show. I don't want to. I'm sure it's quite good. Anything. And obviously they get, they're going to get whatever guests they can get from the SID well, yeah. guys on the team. And that's. I'm not not bitter about that at all, but um, no, I mean, look, I don't, I don't care. I hope there's a million podcasts about Maryland and they're all good. Um, and just make sure you listen to ours too. Yeah. They're much different. Theirs is just straight up. Uh, you know, our guest today is Joe Smith and we're yeah. going to talk to him. for Yeah. So no, there's value different. in that. We're not, we're not really competitors in that sense. So it's, you know, whatever. yeah, they're not dishing. They're not dishing on Wingate. Uh, <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not doing the doing the deep scout on uh, on Wingate. Hey, no, I, so that I puts us over the top. I went to their Wikipedia. I went to their their website for their basketball team. I got all the info. They're not. They're not debating fly Turgeon's, down there? Turgeon's future on uh, Hear the Turtle. <laughs> no, I doubt it. <laughs> Larry flew down there to, and watched some practice. You got a scouting report ready for me, Larry? I already gave it to you. I told you their two best no, players. The practice you want. Their two best players are they're both about six foot tall guards. They're probably going to score about forty points combined on Friday. I wonder if that tell you that game will even be on TV. Probably not. I hope not. It'll be one of those sign up. Nobody wants big, to watch that. Big Ten Eight or whatever the hell it's called. App pay ten ninety nine. Look, it's still pretty. Look, people complain about it. People complain about it, but it's pretty awesome that you have that ability to just pull up a Maryland basketball game on an app. I mean, I can't even imagine that, like, you know, five, ten years ago. Yeah, it's good. Look, look, yeah, you remember like the Jefferson Pilot Mike Hogwood special? I mean, like, like we've come a long way here. Oh my God, Mike Hogwood, Tim Brandt. I haven't thought of Mike Hogwood in so long. That's weird. I was just thinking about him last night. 
What were you? What were you thinking about Mike Hogwood last night? Exactly. I can't tell you. I just said he just entered my brain, and I was just like, mm. Mike Hogwood. I don't know. It just happened. Man, that's odd. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to the misses, man. You need to get some things worked out. Listeners, <laughs> what was, was it? Was um, Raycom Sports right? And was it Raycom? And... It was Raycom Jefferson Pilot Sports? Yeah, yeah. And wasn't it? Who was the uh, old the North Carolina grad who was the president of the ACC? Um, John Swafford. Swafford. His son worked there, right? So it was a big. It was a big like. I remember it all being a big hustle. And yeah. It was basically, just their own kind of patchwork garbage network. Yeah. The like run out of like a Bojangles in Greensboro, like just a just a disaster. Yeah. All right. Good show, guys. We got Jeff to divulge a lot of info he did not want to give out. <laughs> Larry, Larry was just clubbing him with the turd stuff. Just, cl- just clubbing him. Well, that's why people listen to the show to get that. Get that. Those uh, little nuggets of information. Dude, Larry, Larry's shamelessness is a superpower, and I love it. it really is. Freaking love it. I mean, look. He would have been a hell of a salesman. Uh, uh, I don't do that very well. I don't do that very well. Anyway, all right, good show, guys. We're going to be back next week. We're going to try to start doing regular slot time slots on Wednesday. We're going to try to get the live chat back set up again because we love having all you guys interacting with us. That's a really fun part of the show. Yeah, we got to get used to these. Uh, these, these. It's still the Big Ten basketball nights are different than in my brain, like where they should be. Yeah. Like we used to be able to do Mondays and it was no problem. And now Monday's like a big Big Ten night, so you got to move to Wednesday. Whereas Wednesday, when we were in the ACC, we played almost every Wednesday. It felt like so. Yeah. Still trying to figure that out. Yeah. All right. Good show, guys. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>